Welcome to the e-commerce society podcast, where you can learn how to start, grow, scale, or launch your dream e-commerce and product-based business, all without ever relying on ads or social media. Each week you will hear step-by-step tangible and fluff-free strategies to help you skyrocket your sales and traffic, gain more visibility for your business, and create those mega loyal customer super fans, which you totally need. Hi, I'm Carrie Fitzgerald, your cheerleader and hype girl. Went from corporate marketing in the education space to building, scaling, and selling my own product-based business. And today, my work and mission is to help founders just like you create and scale the world's most magnetic brands and turn them into fucking empires. So whether you're thinking of starting a product biz or scaling yours, this podcast is the secret sauce to making all those dreams come true. So grab a coffee or grab a champagne and let's dive into it. Welcome to this week's episode of the E-Commerce Society podcast. Today we have a great episode. We have Julie Ball, who is an incredible female entrepreneur. She is someone who has started a subscription box business, scaled the subscription box business, sold her subscription box business. So she definitely has uh, somewhat of a similar story to me. And since she sold her business, she's now venturing on and she has started selling stuff on Amazon. She is building Airbnbs. She's doing all sorts of really cool things to just diversify revenue streams, change up her ventures, and just doing some really, really fun new things. And we had such a great conversation. So I hope you love this episode. Um, Julie is amazing. And I hope she definitely can inspire you to just dream up something really big. And I know after I recorded with her, I definitely felt inspired to, you know, even think about some other things that I can do in the business. So love having episodes like that, but grab a coffee. This is going to be a great episode. Welcome to the podcast, Julie. I'm so happy to have you here. Thanks. It's a pleasure to be here. We've known each other for a while, so I'm really glad to catch up with you. Yeah, absolutely. For anyone listening, we both had uh, subscription box businesses and I don't know how I first was connected. Oh, I think, oh, I remember now it was, (laughs) there was, (laughs) there was like a Facebook group and someone, I forget what someone, someone posted something in the Facebook group about like, oh, people charging all this money for coaching when you can just Google it or something. I don't know. And I think I like... I wrote a funny comment or sassy comment. I think I was maybe defending you or something like that. I forget exactly what it was. And I think that's kind of how we first started chatting with each other. I, I think. Yeah. And so. I think that's when we, we first started chatting, but then I kind of, I remember reaching out to you. Like we didn't really know each other, but I reached out mm-hmm. to you because you had sold a subscription box business. And I mm-hmm. had, I was kind of in the early stages of like, thinking about selling. And I do remember asking you for some advice on that too. And that's kind of where we connected on, okay, you've been through the experience. What do I need to know? What do I need to make sure that I don't do? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. People in the same space can just view each other as like, oh, she's a competitor. So like, I can't talk to her, but I don't know. I'm definitely not like that. I've never been like that. And I, I firmly believe that there's enough space for everyone and someone will like you and someone will like my thing. And, you know, there's, there's enough space, but, um, there's definitely, there's, it's, I don't know. Yeah. The Facebook 
person. And then I remember you wrote that she actually bought, the, she posted that she actually bought your course after that. So that was funny. That's so funny. I don't even remember that part, but yeah, it is oh my interesting, God. the dynamics. Yes. Facebook groups, the Facebook trolls. Um, anyway, so you have like the coolest story ever. And I would love to, before we dive into it, if you want to introduce yourself and just tell everyone who the heck you are. Sure. So I'm Julie Ball and I, back in 2016, founded Sparkle Hustle Grow, which is a entrepreneurship subscription box. Prior to that, I did 10 years in corporate America. So yes, I'm a corporate dropout and started my first business in 2011. It had a lot of different iterations, similar to you, Carrie. Like I've just multi-passionate. I've done service-based business. Mm -hmm. I have a podcast. I've done coaching, product-based business. So I have a lot of experience over the years of a, just a lot of different types of businesses. And I believe that one of my purposes is to empower other women. I just love like when I see women supporting women. And so I'm, I agree with you 100% on there's enough room for everyone. But a little bit mm -hmm. about me is I'm originally from the Pittsburgh area, but live in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Western North Carolina. We're a homeschooling family. We have one daughter named McKenna. She is 12 and a mini Labradoodle. And so love living in the mountains, love the outdoors and love learning about new businesses. And um, it's just really been my passion over the years since 2011, since I became a mom, basically. I left corporate America mm -hmm. to be a stay at home mom. And I kind of felt like I lost my identity until I found it in entrepreneurship. So Fast forward here um, to 2023, last summer, I sold my subscription box business and over the past few years have been doing coaching. So that's primarily what I'm doing right now is subscription box coaching, helping people in that idea stage or that pre-launch stage to actually mm -hmm. bring it to reality. So yeah, a lot. there's a lot of similarities with your background, you know, dog mom, subscription box owner. And so here we are. <laughs> Hey, I love that. What was the first business, by the way? That wasn't Spark. No, it two, wasn't. What was the 2011 business? Because so Sparkle I, has to grow in 2016. Yeah. Right. So in 2011, it was I. That's when I was a brand new mom, and so I was really just doing a side hustle during naps, nights, and weekends. And I was helping small business owners grow their, their online presence. Um, I have a background in online marketing. So I would go out into the community and find some small businesses and say, hey, would you like someone to help you with your website, with your um, social media, with your SEO? And what I always found was I could drive traffic to their websites, but their websites were just so bad because they didn't know how to build websites. And there weren't the tools yeah. that we have now. And so I started to learn, I taught myself how to um, put together websites with WordPress. And so my first business was basically this little marketing agency that would help other small business owners. So it grew over a couple of years to, we had um, four, not on staff, but I had four, there was me plus three other ladies that would do the work with copywriting, with branding, with brand photography and building their website, social media, email, the whole thing. So yeah, that business no longer exists, but it was such a great little start because I could do it in the margins of the day. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. So how long did you do that for five years or was it a couple of years or what? I from 2011 to 2016, and I was still running the web agency 
when I started my subscription box business, but I got to this point, it was about nine months in um, with the subscription box that I had replaced my full-time income. So I stopped taking on new clients and I started, what's the word? I just kind of finished out the contracts. I didn't renew any of them. And by the end of the year, I was all in on the box and was no longer taking on clients. Okay, gotcha. And when, so Sparkle Hustle go, Sparkle Hustle Grow, I can't talk today was definitely like a really big subscription box business. I, you know, I remember seeing your stuff and I would like, I would definitely get targeted for your ads. And I feel like I just saw you everywhere. When, like, what made you start that business? It's always funny to hear people's stories. Like what, what was that light bulb moment when you were like, I want to start this subscription box business for, you know, female entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Cause it's such a genius idea where you send they get like a book and um, just some materials. It, it's gadgets, probably one of the, it's like literally one of the smartest, I would say of all the subscription box ideas. A lot of them are really bad ones. A lot of them are good, but like, I think it's hard to find that unicorn of an idea that you'll grab people's attention and then you'll retain them as a customer. But yeah, what was like, I would love just personally to hear like the sure. little bit of the backstory of like how that started. I had, our family had moved from the Charlotte, North Carolina area to Asheville in uh, May of 2016. And that's, you know, I moved into a new home, a new community. My daughter was about to start school. I didn't have a built-in network of friends there. And so I was kind of getting lonely behind the screen, um, not really having my new group of friends yet because we were brand new to the area. And so it was just a little bit of retail therapy that I started buying some subscription boxes. (laughs) I got Yogi Yogi Surprise and Stitch Fix. And I just remember opening them up and feeling so, they call it, you know, surprise and delight. I really felt surprised Mm -hmm. with what I got. And I was really excited. And it kind of filled this little void, as bad as that sounds, with retail therapy while I was going through a tough time. And as I opened these boxes and I, I looked at them and I was like, why isn't there something like this for women business owners? I feel really lonely. I feel like I'm on an island trying to run my business. I could really use a community and wouldn't this be fun? So I looked back at my own receipts and said, okay, what am I spending my money on as a like female entrepreneur? And it was... Mm -hmm tech gadgets, office supplies, stationery, pens, books, courses. And that's how I came up with what was going to be a part of this. And it's really interesting because we would survey our customers regularly, probably, you know, two, three, four times a year. And every single time they would say they joined for the stuff, but they stayed for the community. And that was such a light bulb moment for me where it was like, okay, well, subscription boxes aren't just a box of stuff. You have to create this experience around them. And that's where we really started to lean more into the community side of it and the online training and giving them opportunities. We used to feature a guest expert every single month and we treated it like it was a virtual Mm -hmm. stage. And so I think it's, it's how you package it up, not just the box, but how you package the entire uh, experience. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Cause I was just thinking, am I, I don't think I've heard that. Like, I don't think I've heard that story. I know like a little bit about you, but I actually didn't know anything about the the business story. So yeah, that makes sense. And I think, you know, the whole customer experience and creating a sense of community is 
ridiculously important, mm-hmm. especially the sense of community. I really think since COVID in particular, I think it's probably more important than ever. But I know for my subscription box business, I definitely, one of the reasons that my business did well was I created a sense of community on um, Instagram. I mean, I had a really loyal audience of customers and I involved them and I made them feel connected and special and appreciated. Mm-hmm. And I can say with confidence, a hundred percent, that is one of the reasons why my customers stuck with me. I had the most expensive dog subscription box in the in the industry. And, you know, it's the subscription box space can be hard. It can be hard to retain customers. It can be hard with all the competitors. And then the copycats will come in and just basically, I'm, I'm sure you there must have been like a million people who came in and said, Oh, I can, I can do sparkle hustle grow, you know, in my own way. And then just copied you like verbatim. It's really hard. But I think when you involve your customers, you make them feel special, you make them feel like they're part of something more then you will retain them. And you'll, you know, then not only will they stay with you, but then they tell friends and family and they, you know, post about you on social media and kind of all the things. So yeah. About creating those, those super fans, those loyal people, especially when it comes to recurring revenue. Like that's the whole thing with subscription boxes. It's one thing to get them as a customer, but then it's another thing to keep them. Mm -hmm. No, exactly. So, okay. So you had Sparkle Hustle Grow. You had that for, was it five, five years, four or five years, six Mm -hmm. Six years. Holy crap. You had Sparkle Hustle Grow for six years, which that's amazing. That's like an accomplishment of its own. That's a long time to have a business. When when were you sort of deciding, you know, maybe I'm ready for the next step in my career or, you know, entrepreneurship? When, like, what were you feeling like? Were you just like burned out? Were you just kind of like bored or? A little bit of everything. It was about a year before I sold when I started feeling that, you know, that gut feeling sometimes you get when you are not fully present, you're a little bit checked out. I started to feel that way. I still loved the business, but it just didn't, um, it didn't bring as much joy for me. And I didn't have as much passion to pursue it for a variety of reasons. And it took me about a year. I started doing some research of what does it look like to sell your business? I ended up hiring a broker um, because I just, I didn't know what I didn't know. And it was too big for me to just wing it. I do a lot of scrappy things in my business, but this wasn't going to be one of those moments. I I wanted someone who could guide me and direct me. And it was one of the best decisions I made because we ended up finding our dream buyers and we had such a great handoff and they were ready for their next season of entrepreneurship. And I was ready for my next season. I didn't know what that next season looked like or what it was going to be just yet. But I knew I yeah. was ready for my next season, if if that makes sense to you. More than you know. Nice. <laughs> um, but I think that's it's a normal thing to to have a business and you know, you're not married to it. Even though I think when you're in the business, it can be I remember with my business, I felt very trapped by it in a way. Because I at, at some point I knew that I didn't want to do it anymore, but I didn't really know what I didn't know what to do. How do you mm-hmm. like, how do you go to the next thing? And I didn't even really know about selling a business until I like randomly came across a business broker 
and thank God for her because then she helped me sell my sell my business. But I think when you're in a business and you have done it for a while and you're there's such and I think that's the difference between having a product business and a service business. And again, I'd love to hear what you think because you've done both. I think with a product business, there's a, an emotional attachment that is so different than if you have the service business or you're building someone's websites or you're coaching because you're literally surrounded by physical product constantly. And I think you're in it a lot more. And I think it can be really hard to just accept that you maybe want to do something else. I don't know. I it, like, it took me a while to, to fully kind of come to terms with like, I actually do want to sell this business and I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, but I think people listening might be not feeling happy in their business or they maybe are frustrated, like it's not working, but they don't really know what to do to kind of like get out of that hole. So I don't know. I think it's, I think it's important to normalize, like you don't have to always love your business. It's something that you do. It's not you, you're a part of it, but like, if you don't like it, you can always do something else, you know? Yeah. I just had the same conversation with a friend of mine and we were talking about pivoting. Um, I was actually doing some consulting for her and she was telling me this part of my business right now is not working. And I just said, why are you still doing it? Pivot. You know, you can still do the same business in a different direction or a different model. Or, you know, if that means sunsetting the business or selling the business, that's okay too. And our self-worth isn't based on how well our business does. And that's one of those things that it took me some time to to learn. Um, in the subscription box industry, you know, a lot of people are like, well, how many subscribers do you have? And I started to yeah. feel like that was my self-worth. Like, no people, this is, this is more than the number of subscribers I have. But I agree though, <laughs> that having a product in your hands is just a very different ball game than, mm-hmm. um, running a service-based business. One's not better than the other, but when you can physically hold something, it definitely makes a difference in how emotionally attached you may get to it. Right. I know. I felt like my business was like a child. It, it I felt so deep. I mean, I started it when my kid actually was six months old. So mm. it felt like the other baby that I was growing, but yeah, there is this crazy level of emotional attachment. And I remember when I the day that I shipped the inventory off to the new owner and I sat there and I was messaging with another um, pet. Like she's a, she was actually the first person who I bought inventory from when I started the business. And I was like messaging her and I remember feeling like I was so excited, but I also like felt so sad at the same time. Like who am I without this business? I've just poured three years of my life, like poured, every weekend, working every day in the business for three years. And now it's no longer mine. Like what am I, I don't know. It's like a weird feeling. Like you're happy, but like also I don't really know what to do. So yeah. I don't know. It's, it's funny. But, identity crisis, you know? Yeah. I mean, I was, and I definitely didn't sell my business for, um, I didn't sell my business for like, I didn't make that much money from it. And I think that's okay. Like I'm okay with that. I was ready to do something else and I did make some money. Um, but yeah, like there's, I don't know, it can be a funny transition. And I think it's, again, I think it's really important to like normalize if you have a business and you don't like it or you're not fulfilled or you're like, you feel this, like you want to do something different. 
it's totally okay to pivot. And I want to talk about your recent pivot because I think you're an awesome example of someone who has done all these different things. And that's good. Like you're taking your experience from one business and you're sort of moving it towards the next one. You know, you can kind of do all these cool things. So anyway, I'm not here to talk about my business. Tell everyone what you're up to now. So you sold Sparkle Hustle Grow. Mm -hmm. What are you doing now? Or what have you been doing? So as I mentioned before, I've been doing coaching for the subscription box industry. So that's one side of what I've been doing, but that's part-time work for me. And so I took a little bit of time off, not a whole long lot lot of time because I started getting excited about other things like, oh, well, I could try this or, oh, I could try this. I don't know about you, Carrie, but I'm a lifelong learner. And so when I have an opportunity to take a course or learn a new platform or some sort of business model, that really lights the fire in me. And so since we've done that, my husband, since we sold the business, my husband was able to launch his new career. He is a general contractor here in North Carolina now. And he used the profits of selling the Sparkle Hustle Grow business and he launched his GC career. So he has already renovated one house like down to the bare bones. And now that is a long-term rental. We're in the process of renovating a 100-year-old cabin here in the Asheville, North Carolina area, which is a big hotspot for tourists. And so we'll have that as a short-term rental, Airbnb. So you can see that we're like already diversifying our real Mm -hmm. estate portfolio. We think of that as our retirement fund. You know, um, it might not make a lot right now. It's going to pay for itself with with the rent or with, you know, like renting it out. Um, but that's like a long game. And so then the other things that I've kind of been dabbling in and I've, I've dubbed 2023 as the year of dabble for me, basically (laughs) giving myself permission to just try a bunch of different things. And so another thing that I've been dabbling in this year has been Amazon. I, I love product-based businesses and it's been challenging for me for me to walk away. So one, I, I still get to work with product based yeah. businesses in my coaching, but two, I wanted a product again of my own. And so mm-hmm. I purchased a business from a gentleman that was trying to get out of Amazon. He went to, wanted to pursue other interests. And so he was running a Swedish dishcloth company. And if you aren't familiar with that, it's just an eco-friendly alternative to paper towels and sponges. And it's not that all of a sudden I'm like, obsessed with Swedish dish towels or like love dish cloths. I don't even like cleaning to be honest with you, but I wanted to get into Amazon with a low price point product and something that I could put my own personality and design into it. And so I purchased the, the business from him, which was great because I didn't have to start everything from scratch. He had some inventory. He had a logo. He had a manufacturer that I could then build the, immediately build a relationship with. So it was this great handoff to help me get started on a new plat- new to me platform. And so yeah. I launched that product and now I'm designing my own Swedish dish claws with personality. So ones that are like tacos and margaritas or maybe some that are football and game day uh themed. We're going to do dog mom ones and cat mom ones and, you know, home sweet home. So it's still fun for me to do the design and the theming and stuff. At the same time, I'm learning a new platform. So that's been really fun. And again, it feels like I'm just, we're really working on diversifying our, you know, our revenue streams. 
Mm -hmm. I love that so much. And I totally know what you mean about like you feel like you want to do another product. I didn't feel like that until recently. And all of a sudden recently, I'm like, oh, the, the feelers are out. Like I'm, I'm looking at Flippa almost every day. I'm kind of keeping my eyes open for something. It has to be the right thing. Um, but I'm kind of want to do one again too. Not a subscription box, but I have my parameters or not my parameters. I have like a vision of like what the perfect product would be. That's exciting. And I do have something in mind. I don't know. I don't know. Something's holding me back, but I do like, to be honest with you, I'll just, I'll just say what it is. So I feel like, <laughs> just spill the beans. I feel like if I say it out loud, then it's, then I like have to do it. So I have, <laughs> so I love the pet industry. Let's, I love, let's say that you don't have to right now. Let's say you don't have yeah, to. Don't have just, to. Brainstorming. just brainstorming. These are just ideas. Okay. Just brainstorming. So I love the pet industry. That was obviously my first business. I love marketing pet products. And so whenever I tell people, okay, if you're going to do an e-commerce business, this is what I, this is like the rules I would have for you or what you should do. Um, small products, lightweight, easy to ship, not fragile. Yep. Um, subscription. So not subscription box, but something that is a replenishable. So something like that, that people use. And that can be set up as a subscription. Mm -hmm. And then something that, um, you know, this is the part that I, that this is the missing piece that I don't think this product would have. What, it has to solve a pain point for someone or solve a problem for someone to have a solution. But if there's a million of them out there already, how are you going to be different? So this is the piece that I'm missing with this. I, and I'm sure you get this too, because you teach people with subscription boxes, you have to do something that makes yourself stand out. Mm -hmm. If you are doing a product and like everyone's selling green poop bags, they're all green. They're all boring. They're all like the branding is always brown and like green and boring and blah. Like, why would you then create a dog poop bag brand that's also green? but also has the brown packaging. Like mm -hmm. you have to do something that's different. And I think it's important for people to know that when you are creating a, a subscription box or e-commerce or, you know, any of those things, stop copying other people, do something that's different. Do something that's going to make you stand out against all the boring green brands, you know? I agree. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I feel, Yeah. It's fun to come up with ideas though, but like, just like we talked about like pivoting and, you know, giving yourself permission to try new things. I think that's amazing. And I do think when you become an entrepreneur, you know, whether it's a service business or a product business, you then do that for a while. And then you kind of take that, all the knowledge you have. And the cool thing is that you actually can do pretty much anything else after you're like, yeah. Hey, I want to write a book which you have too. like, I want to write a book or I want to create an, a brand on Amazon or I, you know, this time I want to buy an existing business and then make it into my own. Like, I think that's the most liberating feeling ever knowing that you actually can do all that kind of crazy stuff. You come up with the idea for like a dog poop bag or I don't know, a journaling company and you can figure out how to actually bring that to life and make that happen. I do. I just think that's such a cool thing that like most people, they might come up with the idea, but then they would get stuck on, okay, 
well, like, how do I do all the things? And then they just, they take no action. So I don't yeah, know. And I, I yeah. didn't really ever think about buying a business and then growing it from there or like, you know, giving it my own personality. Cause I had all, only yeah. started things from scratch, but if you're in a position where you are ready for a pivot, just remember there's people out there that they might not want to start from scratch. So selling your business might be the answer. And, you know, I think yeah. that it took me a while to come to terms with that. And one of the mindset issues that I had with it was I was afraid to tell anybody. I was afraid they were going to be disappointed or try to talk me out of it. And so I kept it very close to me. And after the fact, mm -hmm. after I sold the business and I was able to share the, it with everybody, I got nothing but support. So everyone was like, good for you. What you sold, you built and sold a business. That's amazing. Good job. Yeah. And for me, I was like prepared to, for people to be like, why would you do that? Like, why would you walk away from something that's doing well? Or, you know, I didn't mm -hmm. want subscribers to jump ship before they, because they might have subscribed because I was the face of the brand at the time. You know, I didn't, yeah. I didn't want that for the new owner. So I was slowly working my face away from the brand and, and just making it more toward about female entrepreneurs in general. And so I think yeah. that was one of the reasons why I wanted to go the Amazon route too, so that I didn't have to be the face of the brand anymore. I could just, I can sell on Amazon and I can be behind the scenes. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And then, yeah, I think there's, I think when you are the face of a brand or you're so involved with it, like we kind of talked about this earlier, but there must be some feeling of just relief mm -hmm. knowing that you don't have to be posting on Instagram every day or, you know, things like that. So, yeah. so what do you think? Oh, keep going. I was going to say one thing that helped me through that um, is that I treated my brand as sort of a, a persona. So I was like chief sparkler mm -hmm. whenever I was in the zone doing my marketing. And I actually used a separate closet in my house for the things that I would wear when I was in that persona. It wasn't not me, but it was like an elevated version of me. Um, as, yeah. as far as, you know, I went heavy on sequins or sparkles or all hot pink <laughs> to be on brand. And so that, that was in a separate closet. And that was one way that helped me separate myself as the face of the brand, reminding myself that I was, it was a persona. It was a leader position that another woman could come in and be the chief sparkler. It didn't have to be Julie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. <laughs> well, this was amazing. So nice to talk to you and just hear like all your adventures that you're doing. Um, I would love to hear what else is next for you, but then also let people know where they can find you and where they can follow you and um, where they can learn more from you. It's funny when you say what else is next, it's like, Ooh, I don't know. It's like still the year of dabble. Um, in 2024, I do know that I will still be doing subscription box boot camp, which is my coaching program for new and aspiring subscription box entrepreneurs. I also have a podcast. It's called subscription box basics. If that's something that you're interested in, you can find it on any podcast player. Um, and I'll, in, if you could put in the show notes, subscriptionboxbasics.com slash launch is where is a really good place to start if you're interested in the subscription box world. But other than that, I'm going to continue to lean into Amazon. I believe in that it's a, a solid platform, even for small business owners. 
it's not mm-hmm. just the big guys on there. There's a ton of small business owners on there. And so I'm going to give that at least a year. I try to um, give at least a year to something. What, and not for every marketing technique, but for a platform. I want to put a solid year into it to see how I like it, to see how profitable it is and how sustainable from a time management perspective. So that's my game plan in 2024. And I'd love to connect with your followers on Instagram. That's primarily where I'm hanging out. And the handle on there, as well as Facebook, is just subscription box basics. Amazing. Thank you so much, Julie. Awesome. So nice to hear. Like, all the cool things you're working on. (laughs) So fun to talk shop. Thank you for having me, Carrie. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you love this episode, please go ahead and leave a review on Apple podcast and then take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me in it at Carrie A. Fitzgerald. My name is in the show notes. Thank you so much. And I'll see you guys next week.